0: Hello and welcome to a sobering thought. This is the second episode of a podcast about addiction focusing on alcoholism recovery and related mental health issues. We'll be covering people's experiences with addiction and also the 12-step program. I'm Stuart and in this episode I'm chatting to Paul who kindly agreed to come back to talk about step two and three of the 12-step program. Before we get going I just need to warn you we talk about some serious things around recovery and our experiences leading to it. In doing so it can be pretty heavy and there is the occasional swear so you have been warned. Also at the bottom of this podcast are notes and links to anything I think is relevant so check those out for further reading. So we sat down in the living room and I mic'd up Paul and with a quick press of record and play on the old tape recorder away we went. We welcome back Paul, who was brave enough to return after what happened last time. Um, And today we're going to be doing step two and three. Um, So step two is we came to be aware that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And step three is made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Okay, Paul. um, So I'll kick us off with a
1: question. My question is, why pair them? I think it's more of a function of what what, need to, what needs to happen in one and four than why pair two and three, I guess. One needed to be handled on its own. Four needs to be handled on its own or with five. Um, and, and two and three are these sort of spiritual growth and development steps, you know, and, and this big decision to move on with the work. So it's it, it really, the two together symbolize, it, really make the transition from one into the action steps, you know what I mean? You know, four of course. So do you feel like they're building blocks? Oh yeah, no, they all definitely build on each other. Um, you know, s- step one, you you come to this conclusion that you are beyond human aid, no self-knowledge can fix you, and no human power can relieve you of your alcoholism. So intellectually, you've admitted that something outside of yourself is going to have to restore you to sanity. And so step two is more of this realization of the situation you have found yourself in in step one, and step three is this decision to move on, trusting the process and, and your higher powers. You may or may not understand them. So I just, I don't know, I guess maybe in my mind they just they just go together. When I'm working the steps with somebody, I have them read from the front cover to page 63, where it says the third step prayer, because that's all the requisite reading for the first three steps. And then we meet for a coffee, and, and, and we look at, what is laid out in the first sixty-three pages of that book, and we work the first three steps, and th- say a third step prayer. So when I do step work with people, I do one through three in the same sitting. I give them the one through three reading as outlined in the book, right? Uh, and then we do steps one, one, two, three over a coffee. So in my mind, uh, those three are are definitely just sort of lumped together. But of course, I think step one merited us spending you know a fair amount of time on.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, that answers my question then. (laughs) So do
1: you want to start us off and and do what you did before and do like your two, three share? Okay, so so step two... uh came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. So in that, of course, we're talking about being restored to sanity from our position of alcoholic insanity as we dealt with in step one, which was that even though I know exactly what happens when I put it in my body, even though I know exactly what happened the last 20 times I took a drink and went into the well-known stages of a spree and burnt down my life again, I will take that drink anyway. So having admitted our alcoholic insanity in step one, uh and having admitted that we can't fix ourselves in step one uh we look at a power greater than ourselves restoring us to sanity and i think on page 60 it puts it pretty well after it goes through the steps and how it works you know uh our description of the alcoholic the chapter the agnostic and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas a that we are alcoholic and could not manage our own lives b that no human power could relieve our alcoholism and c that god could and would if he were sought and i've heard people say oh well, that's basically steps 1 2 and 3 right there and and yeah and i think it's definitely steps steps 1 and 2 right there then um, it says says being convinced we were at step 3 so it says those three points and says being convinced we were at step 3 which is that we decided to turn our will and our life over to the care of god as we understood him just what do we mean by that and just what do we do the first requirement is, is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. And, and part of what step one was, was saying that the love of my family couldn't fix me, a medical and intellectual understanding of my disease couldn't fix me, and my own willpower couldn't fix me. No human power could restore me to sanity. No human power could relieve me of my alcoholic obsession. So when I'm working the steps with somebody, at this point, if you have a relationship with a higher power and you believe that that higher power can can work on your behalf and guide you through these steps and relieve you of your alcoholism, there is no barrier to step to, say a third step prayer and move on. Right, Because you've already come to believe that a power greater than yourself could restore you to sanity. But not a lot of us, come into this deal like that you know the life that i was living was not conducive to feeling the love of god you know what i mean what i mean is i lived on self-will uh i lived how i wanted to live no matter how it made my family feel or those around me feel i mean it was uh i i was i was not being kind and loving why on earth would would i be able to accept something kind and loving in my life and never mind the fact that uh, just intellectually, I, I just felt I was, you know, had no need for, for a power greater than myself. But I, I, I think we can be encouraged by looking at where Bill Wilson was at when Ebby Thatcher shows up at his door. See, he knew Ebby Thatcher. He knew Ebby Thatcher was a hopeless alcoholic. And Ebby Thatcher shows up at his door sober, which, of course, grabs his attention. You look at where Bill was at spiritually. And this
0: is all in the big book.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's in Bill's story. And uh, and and you look at where Bill was at spiritually. So he was a failed stockbroker. He was a crappy husband. He was not a good provider. He was in bad health. And he had just lived through the trenches of World War One. And what he said was, if there was a devil, he seemed the boss universal. Does that sound like somebody who's ready to walk the road of happy destiny with a loving God? Because that's not where he was at, man. You know, and, and so... If you look on page 11 of the book, he says, My friend sat before me, and he made the point-blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. Doctors had pronounced him incurable. Society was about to lock him up. Like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. Had this power originated in him, obviously it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute. And this was none at all. So if I've got a sponsee that says he's willing to do whatever it takes to recover, but that he doesn't believe in God, I can say, well, you admitted that you can't fix your own alcoholism, right? Your own drug addiction. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it on my own. Okay, neither could I. Um... Do you believe when I tell you I'm I'm sat here before you relieved of my, my drink and drug obsession? Do you believe that I've recovered from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body? Yeah, I believe you. I trust you, man. Well, okay, so if, if, if I didn't do it, if I couldn't do it, you believe that I couldn't do it, but here I am before you recovered from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, then something outside of myself had to do that for me. Uh, and, And I believe that that has occurred, you know, and, and, and so intellectually, you can sort of get them, even if they, a sponsee doesn't have this relationship with a higher power, but if they trust you, you can appeal to it intellectually, but, but there's, it's even simpler. When
0: you say appeal to it intellectually, how do you appeal to it intellectually?
1: Well, what what I mean is logically. Intellectual is a bad word for that. What I meant was logically. You trust me. I'm telling you I didn't fix myself, but here I am relieved of my drink obsession. You know, you think I'm making this up? No, I believe you. Now, one thing that I thought of, I thought of this last night right before bed and I wrote it down. So the chapter, We Agnostics, I remember the first time I went to inpatient treatment when I was 18 I, I was an atheist and uh, and I don't mean I was an agnostic I mean I was an atheist and uh and I remember reading we agnostics and being so upset because all we agnostics <laughs> did was tell me that I needed God you know I was furious I thought we agnostics were going to be this <laughs> this chapter about for the rest of us so how an atheist could recover you know and I was furious because it just told me I needed God you know but I wrote down we agnostics that's, exa- that's like exactly
0: how I was I, don't know, I, was, pissed. I was like <laughs> I was like, why even acknowledge agnostics? They're people that can't make up their minds. Just, just, just convince me from the point of an atheist, because that's where I'm at. Where I'm at yeah. you know,
1: get on with it. Yeah, so I wrote, we agnostics tells us why God is necessary for the process, because we cannot relieve our own drink obsession. And, and that's a conclusion that we have to get to in the first step, that we can't relieve our own drink obsession, that we are beyond human aid. Um, So, again, if I've got a sponsee who says, I don't believe in God, I'm an atheist, I'm an agnostic, but I'm willing to do whatever it takes to recover, then I look at what we just read. I look at how hopeless Bill felt at the prospect of a loving God guiding him in recovery. Then I look at page 12. It was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. I saw that growth could start from that point. Upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. Would I have it? Of course I would. And that's the kicker. So if I've got a guy who who asks me to sponsor him, but they don't believe in God, and they say, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to recover. Okay, we go through the step one analysis. You know, you've admitted you can't fix yourself. Yeah, okay. Are you willing to believe that, In working these steps, something could occur to relieve you of your drug addiction, your alcoholism, your your obsession, your malady. Are you willing to believe that by doing this work, something can occur to relieve you of that? Yeah, I'm willing to believe that. Okay. Are you willing to say these words on page 63 and and move on and start writing a four-step? Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to say those words. Okay. Do you have enough faith Okay, I'll put it to you this way. If somebody has enough faith that this deal might work to say those words and write an honest fourth step, that's enough. That's enough to make make a beginning. Don't ever let anybody tell you that it isn't because look at what it said. It was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. If you had zero faith that something outside of yourself could relieve you of your drink obsession, relieve yep. you of your dope obsession in this process. If you had zero faith in that prospect, you would not say those words and write an honest 4th step. So that demonstration of willingness and of hope and of faith, even from somebody who thinks they're an atheist or an agnostic, if they're willing to say the words of the 3rd step prayer and start writing an honest 4th step, that's enough to move forward. I've never seen it fail, and don't let anybody tell you it's not. I mean, it's in black and white right there, upon a foundation of willingness. So, so you just got to be open to it. Yeah, honest, open. So you just got to be like,
0: right. I'm going to give this a crack. I've got to a point where that's what I've got to do.
1: Yeah, and 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 again. So if you believe that God loves you and can work on your behalf and work in these steps and and re- relieve you of your drink obsession, okay. Let's say a third step prayer. If you have no idea what, if anything, is out there, but you're willing to do whatever it takes to recover, and you have enough faith that this might just work to say the words of that third-step prayer and write an honest four-step, great, say the third-step prayer, let's write a four-step and move forward. So the action is is the same. If you had zero faith that this process could work, that something supernatural could occur in this process, uh, if you had zero faith in that prospect, you would not say those words. You would not write an honest So what you're up. saying
0: is you have to admit that something supernatural.
1: No, I, 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 don't, think, I don't think you need to intellectualize that point. I, I don't. You admit it in step one that no human power can fix you. I think it's implied that something outside of yourself has to relieve you of this obsession, that it can't be done, at least from the perspective of these fellowships, it's not something that can be done by science or medicine or anything else. Um, you work the 12 steps to have a spiritual experience. Part of that is being relieved of the drink obsession. We can't relieve our own drink obsession. My sponsor can't relieve my drink obsession. Nine alcoholics in a room drinking coffee can't relieve me of my drink obsession. So I think sometimes I read this, correct me
0: if I'm wrong, Is it's almost like, uh, and it alludes to it in the big book, I think, Wanting what others have, and I, th- and I think a lot of people have that in terms of wanting uh, spiritual experience and wanting religion and wanting God, but they can't find it. And I, and I wonder if the, if the process is, is not more to do with, but partly to do with the letting go and the uh, letting go of control that you try and impose your will on your life. And let, And more of having more of a being open to allowing whatever you want to call it God, Almighty, Allah, the universe, nature, whatever it's handing it over to that, which then enables you to get that peace of mind that people seek through religion, and that was kind of my like when I did my step two and three, that's kind of where I was at. It's like i I don't have a an interventionist God or a a Christian God. I have the, the power of the universe, the, the nature of the universe that surrounds us and is part of us and our consciousness is the, that connection. What I'm trying to get to is that I, I feel like to get through step three, I had to hand over my will to the nature of the universe and not worry about getting cancer or being hit by a bus or that is the will of nature and that is the will of the universe and that, is what I've, and that gives me peace because I hand it over to that. I, you let the chips fall where they may
1: yeah it's relinquishing control so uh steps one and two could be summed up in i suck at running my life and will never be able to run it successfully on my own will i realize that something greater than me is going to have to run my life in order for things to work out i'm going to ask whatever that may be to to do that you know it's and it's funny you hear people in meetings well I'm just not ready to admit that I'm not in control. Okay, let's look at this. You've got four drink driving charges. Are you telling me you made a conscious, thoughtful decision four times to get behind the wheel and drive? Because if that was you, if if you were in control, you're the dumbest human being I've <laughs> ever met in my life. Yeah, so so you're right. it it, it is. it's it's relinquishing control. And so, okay, so uh, th- that's a perfect way to transition to step three, because the question is, other than saying the words in the third step prayer, what is it, what is living a third step? What is, what is really, what does that yeah, look so like to a third step? so that's what I was trying to get at, is
0: because to say that prayer just seems very black and white, and very definite, and very dogmatic,
1: Yeah, yeah. and, and, it, and it, what
0: I'm trying to get across is the fact that that's not how I approached it, that's not how it, it, it came
1: to me and the word and it says the wording is quite optional it's about the sentiment it's about asking whatever it is that's greater than me to run the show it says the wording is optional I use that third step prayer because I think it's good especially with newcomers to have this finite point of I've done my third step I'm moving on with the yeah because you can you can overanalyze
0: it and philosophize about it and and just go out
1: yeah it and it's not and, necessary and it's, yeah. not, it's not necessary so so what what is a third step okay I'd say it's definitely, what is the best indication that you've really done a thorough third step? You start writing a fourth step, and we'll get into that next week. But uh, I'd say of, of the people who I've witnessed recover, the ones that have really relinquished control and trusted this process and whatever it, they call their higher power, that is evidenced by the fact that they immediately write a thorough and honest fourth step. Uh, because somebody who's not trusting this process is not going to get that honest, because it can be very scary, it can be very humiliating. Humiliating in the literal sense of the yeah. word, as in bringing about humility. But, but what is it like in day-to-day life? Okay, so for me, I've got a criminal record for all my dope charges. And in the beginning, you know, you're out there applying for jobs, and in the States they say, have you ever been convicted of a felony? And... You know, a lot of times they're not going to check it, but I would be presented with this choice. Okay, so I trust my higher power to supernaturally relieve me of my drink obsession, but I'm going to lie to get a job waiting tables. But that's just the kind of crap we do when we're in our disease. You know what I mean? Trusting in our finite selves. And so for me, I'd say a big manifestation of how the third step is lived in my life, trusting my higher power is lived in my life. Is, is being honest, is being honest even when it's scary and trusting my higher power to take care of the results. Like you said, let the chips fall where they may. That's not in my hands. I don't need to manipulate where the chips are falling. Yeah. And if I try to manipulate where the chips are falling, they're going to end up going someplace they don't need to be. You know yeah. what I mean? It's going to end up worse. Um, and so, a big one for me is. Is living honestly. I'd say that's that's the best indication that you're that you're trusting in your higher power, you know. Um, uh, and if you're brutally honest, you're brutally honest with yourself, and that
0: helps your progress. And I also think it helps you square away yourself, and you don't build up that those sort of resentments or issues, or you don't pile on to what you're already going to try and go through in step four. Because a lot of my issues personally in step four were. Guilt, feeling bad, everything else. And if you've got that sort of honesty, if practicing step three, and then you don't accumulate it. Or, to, or I didn't. I didn't start feeling like I was like accumulating more and more baggage.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. If you are living in a way that is trusting in, in, in your higher power, trusting in God as you understand him you have to do a lot less house cleaning. Now, we'll get into 10, you know, I write write a little bit 10-step every night, and I I might, you know, write big old inventories uh, a a few times a year, you know. Um, But uh, bottom line, if you keep your house clean and you keep the floor swept, and I'd say living in this kind of third-step life, living and trusting your higher power, you live like that. You're kind to people. You're not lying. You're not manipulating. Keeping your house clean will largely make it unnecessary to have two weeks of spring cleaning because of all the stuff you've thrown yeah, in the yeah, closet. Yeah, I would know? yeah, wholeheartedly agree with you. So to make, to make it simple, the, the second step, uh, you believe in God, you trust him to, to, to take you through the process, great. Say a third step prayer. If you don't, but you're willing to do whatever it takes to recover, let's let's say the words of this third step. Let's talk about that you've already admitted that, that you can't relieve yourself of your alcoholism, that something outside of yourself is going to have to do it. And if, if, if you're willing to believe that that can happen through working these steps, say that third step prayer, start writing a fourth step. You know, uh, and on that foundation of willingness, this this program can be built. I've never seen that fail. I've never seen anybody made that decision, got honest on a four-step, failed to grow. Because it says God could and would if he were sought. Not known, not understood, not went down to the river and got baptized in a robe. You know, God could and would if he were sought. Um, And one thing that my grand sponsor would always say is he was terrified that he was going to have to put on a Hare Krishna robe and go to the airport and hand out prayer cards. And uh, what his sponsor pointed out to him was it says, you know, to the care of God as you understand him. You're not trusting yourself to some malevolent force. You're not trusting yourself to penance and self-deprecation. You are trusting yourself to something that is, in its very essence, caring and love. And I think no matter how you slice it, that's what it boils down to is, is love, man, uh, what, we're, what we're trusting. And I think... You- so I find that really interesting,
0: because to, to me, I, I boil it down to nature of the universe. But in my opinion, the universe is pretty cold and indifferent. And however vast the darkness, you've got to provide your own light. And there will be the yin and the yang, there'll be good things, bad things, there'll be push and pull. I always felt that um, it's not necessarily going to go into a whole love aspect but maybe just realize that it'd be philosophical about it and just realize that that's the way it is and accept it does that make sense
1: well and and yeah and, and and we're not we're not here to talk about theology but you know if you want to ascribe sentience to the universe then it's basically the same thing as as y- one might call god you know what i mean but, but i but, don't think i'm I'm prescri- i'm giving
0: sentience to the universe i'm just saying that that's the way it is
1: no i, I didn't mean you oh, right, I, okay. I meant no i'm talking about philosophy in general no i'm yeah, not yeah. talking about what you had been saying um but but no i mean i i again the whole the whole point of, and the whole thing i wanted to, to get at today is uh it doesn't matter what your higher power is it doesn't matter what you believe it, you know it talks about the care of god as you understood him whatever that may mean to you and and i guess that's what i wanted to get across that if you have a belief system that works great but if you don't and you're willing to do whatever it takes to recover in the hope that this will work that's enough that was the point that i wanted to hit at i don't think i don't think any good will come out of discussing the particulars of of a higher power that's what okay. i wanted to avoid yeah. and what's funny is sorry to drag us into that then no no not at all not at all but what's funny is uh I'm a deeply spiritual, deeply religious person. But if you hear me speak in a meeting, you'd probably think I was an agnostic or at least um, something like that because I focus on the second and third step for those who don't have a, a relationship with a higher power because... They're the ones that struggle with it. So if you heard me speak on it in a meeting, you you would not think that that I was a man of of religion and, and things like that, but that's because religious people who believe in their God and have faith in their God don't have a barrier to these steps. I focus on how I was back in the day because... That's the type of person that has a barrier to the work. And and all I mean to and say is that's where you came from. Yeah. That's the position you yeah, came. Yeah, and all I mean to say is there doesn't need to be a barrier. You know, I, I heard of somebody that the sponsor said, Well, I can't sponsor you anymore, you don't understand God And it's like, well, friggin', don't none of us understand God? What are you talking about, man? You know, like I can have my beliefs based on scripture or theology or history or whatever, but don't don't act like you gotta understand God. It says God could and would if He were sought, and if you're willing to say those words, if you're willing to let your actions show that you're trusting the process. If you're willing to write an honest four-step and get that honest with another human being on your fifth step, that's seeking, any way you slice it. That's willingness, any way you slice it, man. So that's that's what I wanted to to get at. That was, that was the main thing I wanted to hit on, man. So that's step two and three, do you feel? Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, we can... You can ask me anything you want about, and we can we can go through. We agnostics, and we can. But but bottom line is, this is one that we really overcomplicate, and I and I don't think because that's interesting you say that because I spent forever on step three
0: with my sponsor. I just could not get my head around it, and yet when you put it like that, it does seem a lot simpler. And I think a lot of people, well, I did anyway tie themselves in knots trying to understand it and get to grips with it and I've got to, I've got to understand all the logical you know, and theological arguments around it and everything else. And in actual fact,
1: maybe you don't.
0: Paul shaking his head.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, um, the bottom line is I can't heal my alcoholism and my drug addiction. I can't run my life successfully. The symptoms of booze and dope aside, uh, I'm a dishonest person I cannot fix myself. Something is going to have to fix me. I'm willing to believe that I could be fixed. I'm so willing to believe that something outside of myself could occur that I'm willing to say this third step and and move on with these steps. And along those lines, we grow spiritually. We grow in our understanding. You know, it talks about... Uh, uh, that this should continue for a lifetime. It's not an overnight matter. I mean, you know, how I pray, what I believe, is not the same at one year sober, five years sober, ten years sober. This is, like you said, organic, dude. And it grows, and it ebbs, and it flows, man.
0: And that was quite a big thing for me when I first went in, was it was the realization that it's not bang through the 12 steps, get a sponsor, jobs are good, and now you're cured it is (laughs) it is be convenient it would it'd be great but it's not like that it's the constant journey and the evolution of yourself and the improvement of yourself and i think this gives you or 12 steps gives you a framework on which to then go and live your life and and build and build and become and you use it to become a better whatever you are that's that's kind of how how i ended up taking it
1: yeah, and, and you know, I'll tell you one thing: where the third step and and my faith in a power greater than myself a big way how it plays out in day to day life. Like for you know, you'll hear people say, "Well, if you're going to pray, don't worry, and if you're going to worry, don't pray." Don't say that. That's stupid. Why did you say that? That was a, <laughs> that was a stupid thing for you to say. I have heard the phrase that worrying
0: is like praying in reverse, yeah. and I was just like, "Yeah, that kind of works."
1: Here's here's my deal. Let me let me qualify this. I do not know, I trust my God wholeheartedly, I trust that I will land on my feet, I trust that I have a hope and a future, I trust that he will work things out. But, that does not keep me from being afraid. What it does do, is it will not arrest me from acting. So what I mean is, um, when I was applying to law school, it wasn't that I was fearless, that I was gonna get accepted to all these law schools. I had a long criminal record, and only my word and the people who wrote letters of recommendation saying that this dude's a real deal recovered dope fiend, and he helps people, and he's a good fella. But these law schools don't know that. I had to trust in my higher power that if he wanted me in law school, then my criminal background wasn't gonna matter. And I applied to six law schools, and I got accepted to five, and I got scholarship offers from three. So higher power comes through. But... Just because I knew that if he wanted me there, there was a seat for me there, that didn't mean I could turn off the fear that I was going to get rejected and my undergraduate loans were going to go into default. I didn't have a backup plan, you know. (laughs) You know, know? Uh, and that being said, going into law school, I had to trust that my higher power was not going to let my background keep me from getting admitted to the bar and being able to practice law. And the bottom line is. It's not that I had guarantees to that. It's that I knew that that was nothing for God. That that if He wanted me as a member of the state bar, that I'd be a member of the state bar, and that if He didn't want me as a member of the state bar, then He was going to provide for me in some other way using my education, you know. But that didn't mean I wasn't friggin' terrified that I wasn't going to get accepted, that I wasn't yeah. going to get admitted to the bar, you know. So I will say that living a third step for me is not the absence of fear. It's much less fear than when you're living in an addic- addiction and, and thinking you've got to run your entire life yourself and make everything happen for yourself. So my fear has been greatly alleviated. But what I mean is it's not being fear-free, but it's knowing that the results aren't in my hands. Now, just like with the steps, just like uh, I've got to do my part for my recovery, that the miracle of being relieved of my drink obsession comes from a power greater than myself But I've got to do a lot of work. The 12 steps is work. Um, In the same way, uh, when I'm trusting in my higher power, who who I'm just going to call God, when I'm trusting in God to run my life, for these things to happen in my life, it's not, God, please get me into law school. Okay, I'm done. It is a great deal of work. But I have the satisfaction knowing that if I'd done my part and I'd done it well, that I can trust him for the result, whatever that may be. Now, that being said, does it mean that the result is always what I want? No, that's not what a third step is. A third step is not a guarantee that God gives me everything I want. I started praying early on, I'd say, God, align my will with yours that I may better serve you. If what I want for me is what God wants for me, then I'd say my prayers get answered a lot more. So that would be another thing I would say, you know. And it talks about later in in the ninth step promises that self-seeking will slip away. It's not that I, it's not that there's tons of selfish stuff I want for myself, but I do have a sense of right and wrong in my life today. And, And I think that when I'm praying for something, it's generally pretty clear whether it's Something purely selfish, or something that I think God might want for me, you know?
0: Yeah, I, uh, that's a that's a good example. I mean, I would just say that, I mean, personally, in similar situations, for me, it's not God. For me, it's the universe. If the universe wants me to go and be a lawyer, great. And if it doesn't, then something else will fall into place, and I will I will make my own way, and and the universe will guide me to be a counselor or whatever, you know, whatever I end up doing.
1: We could both come to the same point. But I think it's slightly different routes, And that's the point. It doesn't matter. The path doesn't matter. That's the, and that's, that's the point. And that's why if you hear me straight up doing a share, I don't get into all this. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you hear me straight up doing a share... I'm not talking about the path to get us there. I just talk about the super basic concept that you can't do it or, you, or you're willing to trust that something's going to happen if you do it. Okay, yeah, let's move forward. Because that's how simple the old timers made it. But, but you're right. I mean, the, the point of this, you know, God as we understand him, the, the, the care of God as we understand him, and it tells us that the only barrier is this total closed-mindedness to spiritual principles. That's why you can't have an atheist group, a pure atheist group, because a pure atheist group would be to say there's absolutely no chance that there's anything there. And what we've learned so far from the experience of millions of alcoholics, from this book, from everything else, is that an alcoholic cannot relieve his own drink obsession and that no human can relieve the drink obsession of an alcoholic so all you have to be is honest open-minded and willing you know and and anybody that tells you something different uh they don't know the book and they don't know the program because you're right it has been my experience i have my beliefs but as far as this deal's concerned it doesn't matter what you believe. It's just, are you willing to believe? Are you open-minded? As far as this program's concerned, it doesn't matter how you get there. All roads lead to Rome, man. I've seen all sorts of people recovered on the, on the foundation of honesty, uh, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel we've covered it. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I, you know, I, I wouldn't say so, but just, just remember those key points. You know, I I always come back to to those of us who who came in who didn't have some relationship with a higher power. You've admitted that you can't restore yourself to sanity. You can't relieve your own drink obsession. Are you willing to believe that through this work and through this process, that drink obsession can be relieved? Okay, if so, will you say these words on page 63 and start writing an honest four-step? Okay, rock and roll, let's move on. That's it. That's the foundation. Don't ever let nobody tell you otherwise.
0: Okay. Thank you very much. Thank Again, you, man. a uh, good session. And uh, we hope to have you back to carry on the 12 steps. Yeah. Heck yeah. I'm loving it, man. Thank you so much for doing this. No, it's put, good fun. And for putting this deal on, yeah. It's good fun. And we ended it there. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to like and subscribe. And if you think it was good enough to recommend, then please mention it to a friend at a meeting. Coming soon will be a bonus podcast where I ask Paul some questions about meetings, sponsors and a few other alcoholic related topics. Hope you can join us then. Cheerio.